Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Big Recon on Sports Podcast. I am your host, I am the Big Recon. Today is Saturday, September the 4th, 2021, and this episode has a title. This episode has a title because the gentleman I'm about to bring on, I have not seen since the millennia had hit and before I had children. My daughter will be 21 in May. I have not seen this man since there was hair on this head. I have not seen this man since right before the first time since 1994 the Cleveland Indians didn't make the playoffs in the year 2000. He is a very talented sports blogger from the city of Cleveland, the other home of my heart. Ladies and gentlemen, J.C. Blue Note himself, Mr. Jim Crenitti. Jim, welcome to the show. I know we've been talking about this for a while, so I figured let's get you on right before we start the Brown season. How are you, sir? Not too bad. It's a, a, ladies and gentlemen, let me actually put it to you this way. I have known this man so long that we actually ended up in junior college together sitting in a Matchbox 20 chat room skipping class all day long. How did I know you were going with the Matchbox 20 <laughs> chat room? How did I know? How did I know? It's, <laughs> it's it's also true, unfortunately. Yes, yes. It's a we and we go back even outside of my best friend Adam. I've probably known this man longer than anybody that I went to high school with. Yeah, you figure I moved out there in late '93, and you and I probably got together somewhere after the first of '94, and have been, you know, hit and miss because I end up moving back to New York in 2000 and. You know, you're doing your thing out there, so it's been – it's great. I got to tell you, I love reading your stuff. I really do. And it's – do you remember the Wise Ass Sports Network, James? Do you remember doing that with me in that same uh, computer lab? We've been trying to put something like this together for 15 years, 20 years, and that. just yeah. it never lined up. It's yeah, well, things, things went one way, uh, uh, things went another it's and, 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 and I apologize for my parents. I literally just woke up off of, off the couch watching about three hours worth of Netflix. I will not tell good? you what I want. Um, I almost want to plead the fifth. <laughs> Dude, if it's the twilight movies, I'm, I'm turning the episode off right now. No, but no, 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 but you know, because of my grandmother who recently passed away, I know. they are in, they are saved in my favorites. I know, I know. And, and I, it was, say, I, it, I, I will, I will say it was another teen themed trilogy and I will leave it at that. And it's not that hard to figure out. And Jim, Netflix I, produces it. Okay. Jim, I was drinking cold brew for a reason. <laughs> I won't get it, but it's okay. But I will say this back in the Twilight thing first. There were some of my favorite, my favorite sequence in the whole movie is after she punches Taylor Lautner in the face. And they go back to the house and he comes flying out of nowhere. And the dad comes out and goes, what happened? And I, I have never seen a young actor go so deadpan as he did when he said, I kissed Bella. She broke her wrist punching me in the face. It was an big <laughs> misunderstanding. My, my grandmother. Way, tested, 
My you grandmother, I swear to God, nearly bust a gut when I showed that to her because I actually I would still have to transport my P my PlayStation Four down there with the box set. It's a, the only thing that I took out of the house after she passed away was I bought her the five disc Blu-ray set and knowing that she didn't actually know how to use it. So the only way that we could watch them together was me actually having to bring my PlayStation down there. And then they were on cable constantly oh. and she didn't even have a, she didn't even have to bother. I actually took off work and I got ridiculed by Adam and everybody for months because I saw the fifth one in the theater the Monday after it came out just because I wanted to be able to tell her about it knowing it knowing she couldn't see it for six months well we actually went to see that in the theater as well and I have to say the end of the fourth film we're supposed to be talking about sports from our freaking Twilight Jesus Christ uh, <laughs> the end of the fourth <laughs> film where she wakes up and her eyes are red that was pretty cool and yes. then the, the fifth one was a decent, was a pretty good film until you realize it was a vision and not one of the greatest fight scenes you've ever seen. Right. Um, so let's segue from Twilight into the first topic of the night we're going to talk about. And since. Oh, gladly, please. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen listening, there is one fundamental thing that Jim and I don't agree on outside of the fact that. You know, he's an Islander fan, and the only year I ever rooted for hockey was 1994, and I, of course, rooted for the New York Rangers. We don't agree on college football in one huge I, one huge thing in my life, and that is Jim's nickname for my favorite team is Overrated State, and I have gone round and round with him on Facebook posts telling him to go shove things certain places uh, about his opinion on that team. But I want to ask you, and you're a little more – uh, withdrawn from this. Hey, all kidding aside, Minnesota's a good team, and Ibrahim getting hurt is huge. He that there's no way he didn't blow the Achilles out. None. Um, what was your impression? Because you said you went to sleep just like I did, um, for various reasons. Maybe being up too early in the morning. The morning before. Yeah, it's a. Allergy season. It's a, I was I was out by seven o'clock. I actually ended up missing the game and only ended up catching half the highlights on YouTube the next morning. Okay, so we had talked a little bit before we started recording. You seem to feel as I do is that Ohio State's biggest question mark going to come into the season isn't just the quarterback. It's going to be that defensive unit. In the highlights you saw, where do you see them needing to make immediate improvement with Oregon coming into the shoe on Saturday? Honestly, at this point, I don't see them really needing to make many changes because the same Oregon is going to come in that comes into when they go on a road for a big ranked early season matchup. They're going to come in flat. They're going to come in. They're going to come in cross country, and the Pac-12 does not match up. I'm I'm sorry to say it, and as much of a as, as a Buckeye hater that I am, and I will actually preface that by saying before you have half your audience shut off right now, it is not Buckeyes that I have the problem with. I have cousins that went to Ohio State. I grew up a Buckeye fan. It, it is currently the elitist mentality of Buckeye fans that I cannot stand. It was the day that they, it was announced in the 07 championship that – they were playing the Florida Gators, and you know me. You will not find a bigger Gator fan than me. That's and it, and 
when they were installed as a 18-point favorite and said that they were going to win that game by 30, and then Ted Ginn blows out his knee on the opening kickoff. That was the day I stopped being a Buckeye fan. Hold on. That being said. There's another story to that. Let me interrupt you real quick. He didn't blow his knee out. Fellow Brush High School alum Roy Hall jumped on him and broke his ankle. (laughs) Um, Do you remember Roger Plants by chance? that we went to school with. He might've been a year or two behind you. It's um, Roger ended up joining the military and his greatest claim to fame. Now Roger's currently working security for the UFC, like ringside security. It's like, he walks the guys out to the cage. Um, That's him? His greatest, yes. Yes. It's um, a lot different. uh, Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, um, I wouldn't recognize him if I saw him right now. I even, first of all, I haven't seen him in person in about 10 years, uh, but I definitely know it's him. But his greatest claim to fame was Roy Hall came up to him in the weight room at our old high school and slapped him on the ass. <laughs> now, Roy Hall graduated with my sister, and according to my sister, to this day, there are still people from that class that will not speak to him because of that. <laughs> It's, you know, and, and wouldn't you know that the between you and I, the five years that we were at that school, they won eight games, maybe? Two. They went, they two. went, they two. went, they went, my four years, they went 0 and 10, 4 and 6, 2 and 8, 0 and 10. So they won six in my four years. Which means they won eight in mine because I think my class won two games. Yeah. And 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 he gets there and they go to the state playoffs. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. I, I, Still have not again, been back to a game there since. I have not been to a game since the weekend. The school was open 75 years, which is now 25 years ago. Um and I only went because there were a lot of alumni from the band that I was friends with that were there. I, you know, ironically enough, I the, the last high school football game I went to was the their big rival, and you know who exactly who I'm talking about. And I currently live in that city, and I was actually going to see the opposing squad play against our alma mater, and they had the score run up on them, so it was uh, so it was it was rather justified. The, uh, my, my hometown beat our beat our alma mater. My sister married a guy who went to our former rival and played against them and beat the hell out of them. <laughs> Which honestly is not hard to do, considering yes, what they've again, what they've they've what they've actually been to. What since we always remembered that they were in state semifinals or state playoffs in Division Four every single year. But remember, they had to go to our school to get their new head coach. So, yeah. <laughs> so we can coach; we just can't play. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> so in all seriousness, um, I thought the same thing about Oregon going forward. I think Mario Cristobal is a great coach. Don't get me wrong; he's a great coach out there. Um, I like their, um, I like the way they breed offensive linemen, just kind of like Big Ten schools do too. But the one thing I thought of when I was watching the high, because I fell asleep at halftime. So I watched the highlights of the second half. And I thought the one thing that they really need to work on is the linebacker play, which I think hurt them last year too. Um, And also CJ Stroud, they need to get him in rhythm earlier. 
just like any young quarterback that, I mean, uh, let's use this as an example. Urban used to set Tebow up with easy throws to get him in rhythm the first year he was a starter when they won that championship and he won that Heisman. Is Do you think they can overcome the defensive issues they have with the offense that you saw in the highlights? I would like to think so because those Pac-12 schools like to run like they're like they're the SEC, but the 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 temperatures are starting to change. It's even though they play, even though they both are going to play on turf, it's going to be in the mid 60s. It's not going to be in the 80s or 90s out there. It, you know that will slow some teams down. Can they actually get enough into that second level to make it competitive? I don't see it. I'm sorry. There's it's 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 the it's the Alabama conundrum. It's not that it it's not the weaknesses. It's just they're so far outmatched that it's just trying to keep it close is going to be considered a moral victory at this point. Because when you get down to playoff time, you're not going to see those pack. You're not going to see those Pac-12 teams there. No, I and and, and, and I imagine we're going to talk more about that later. Oh, yeah, well, no, we're going to get into the expansion, absolutely. Um, yeah. But I want to ask you this. With what, having lived out there, and I understand you're not the biggest fan, but having watched them anyway, does Ryan Day have it in him to play bully ball like this team, like this program did in that championship game, in that first playoff under Urban Meyer? They have the big offensive line, and if you saw three different running backs were carving Minnesota up, does – but does Ryan Day, who is an offensive guru, have it in him to play bully ball? I do. It's a um, and and that pains me to say. Um, and and granted, me being a Gator fan, I was a huge Herb guy when he went to Ohio State. I lost all respect for him again, taking the payday and everything, you know, to try and gravy train to a national title. I'm not going to elaborate too much more on that. But the thing is, is that. You with the Big Ten, you know, you know, Penn State is is one of their better competitions. Michigan's, you know, I was listening to CBS National Radio on the way uh, uh, on the way back from dinner with the family tonight, and they were actually saying, "Can you ever remember a Michigan season where coming in there are absolutely no expectations whatsoever?" Wisconsin's not going to be there. Minnesota had their great run last year. Indiana got beat today. It's it, it's it's Ohio State and everyone else. So I think he can play bully ball. But I think the big key for Ohio State right now is the quarterback play because for the first time since really even before Herb got there, they actually have a quarterback who's going to stand in the pocket and throw the ball down the field as opposed to try and take off. And I'm sorry, this is not trying to come off as saying that they can't, you know, anything of that type of argument. Those running option-style quarterbacks, they can win in the Big Ten. They cannot win national championships because when the weather gets cold and you're expected to run, that's when teams are going to stack eight and nine in the box and start uh, and, and start closing off those gaps. So I think now that Ohio State is now trying to maybe get into that Alabama or Georgia mindset with that pro-style offense, I think this is actually where they can start to maybe kind of catch up to some of those other teams that have 
blown them by when it comes time for national semifinals and championship games as opposed to conference championship games. Exactly. Now, I want to point something out, and I actually said this to our old friend Nick Creedy, who we went to school with the other day. I will take this to my grave. Urban Meyer inserting JT Barrett back into the starting lineup the year after Cardell took them to a championship is what cost Ohio State a chance to win the first two. Because because Cardell is a, was a pocket quarterback. He had the big arm. God knows the guy could throw the ball a country mile. But once you took him out and you could stack the box, you eliminated Zeke, you uh, you neutralized that offensive line, they won that championship because teams could not stack the box. Because if you did, Devin Smith was going to run past you and Cardell could overthrow him. So Fields, Fields, while he was a running style quarterback, he did like to throw the ball in the pocket. You did see him shift himself more than you would say JT Barrett. Um, obviously not Haskins was a drop back. And by the way, for the guys I'm wearing tonight, I got a feeling he's going to be scary coming down the pipe in uh, black and yellow. Um, Haskins was a pocket quarterback. Fields was kind of a hybrid, which is why I think he's going to do well in the NFL because he can get away and he can move the pocket, but he wanted to throw the football. He wanted to make the big play. I mean, even after he got hurt in the semifinal last year, you saw he wanted to throw the football. Right. Um, I like C.J. Stroud. I really do. Um, I see him as almost a Justin Fields part B. Not quite as athletic. Uh, arm is just as strong. I think we saw that in some of the throws in the second half uh, the other night. But, yes, he wants to throw the ball first. He will run as a last resort, and he but he will shift the pocket before he decides to take off. Can the Pac-12 hang with that if they play bully ball and he moves the pocket to hit guys that are running as fast as SEC guys in the secondary? Offensive, uh, uh, when when Ohio State has possession of the ball, no. It's it's something that if, if they can actually find ways to maybe get some quarterback pressure and put some pressure on Stroud, this is actually where I think they can make the game a lot more interesting. Because with Ohio State as bad as their defense is, and let's just call it what it is, going even it back really to is. last year, it's bad. It's um, it's it's the reason why Alabama could have scored on will at them. Alabama could have put seventy on the board last year if they really, really wanted to. And and this is actually what is going to cost. You know, the Buckeyes are a top five team right now. Will they actually be there at the end? Possibly because of their because of the how weak the Big Ten is on the whole, it's uh, and and how their schedule lines up. But it's something that you're going to start to see maybe some closer games that really shouldn't be. You're going to let some teams back in. You're not going to maybe have you know those upsets where you're going to be an eleven and two, ten and three type ball club or something like that. You're not going to get upset in the Big Ten championship game, but it's gonna make it's gonna be something that's gonna make voters start to question in both polls to take into account when those rankings come out. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And so let since we started talking about polls at the end of the year, let's jump right into that part of it. Let's talk about college football playoff expansion, um, which in my opinion is overdue. Now, I had mentioned I took this on the road in the first year I did it, in 2018. And I did a live episode from Columbus 
uh, the night before they played Tulane. Urban's first game back from that garbage Zach Smith suspension. Um, so I have been a proponent of eight in the playoff every year. And here's why I say eight. You have the power five conferences doing this. Well, why aren't all five conference champions in the tournament? Number two, you should have yeah. to win your conference to get in. Here's a little trivia question for you. Three times since the AP poll came into came into being, a non-conference champion has won a conf- uh, national championship. Do you know who they are? I know one of them was Ohio State a couple of years ago. No, they won the conference that year. You know what? You are correct. It's because I actually was making the argument all over. I made a post saying that Penn State deserved to get in that one year because of the fact that the Buckeyes didn't even get to their conference championship game. I honestly do not. That's that's a great question, Mike. When you watched the game the other night, you saw the first one. That was 1937, and that was the University of Minnesota. The other two, Alabama, both times. The year they beat LSU in the BCS championship game after LSU beat them during the season. And when they won the college football playoff, when they got in the year after Ohio State uh, as a non-conference champion, when they beat Georgia on the biggest blown coverage in the history of the Georgia Dome. <laughs> but I will say this. Well, Ohio well, State at least on a collegiate, at least on a collegiate level, because with the way that the, the, that the Atlanta Falcons play anymore, there's got to be some worse ones out there that we're just forgetting about. How about blown coverage against a good defense? Um, <laughs> so, but here's the difference between Bama getting in the year they won with Tua and the Ohio State team the year before. Remember, they went into Norman and beat the fifth-ranked Oklahoma Sooners by 20 points. They were on the road in Camp Randall and beat a top 10 Wisconsin. And then what nobody remembers from that year is the game. Game day started at 7 a.m. that year and ran till noon because it was two versus three, that Michigan-Ohio State game. So you have wins in, in three wins in the top 10. That's why Ohio State got into that playoff. I agree with you. The other thing people don't remember is they were the three seed in that playoff. Yeah. Washington was the four. Yeah. How 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 when, how they actually managed to be a three that because year they had the is... the best resume in the country. They had the yeah. loss against Penn State, which I agree, which, first of all, another one, if Urban takes a timeout and sets up protection for that field goal, I think the guy hits it. And we're talking about Ohio State being the one seed. But you're talking about the best resume in the country. The next year, Bama had one win in the top 15. One. And they got in. Yeah, but that's that's also we're, – we're kind of splitting hairs with that a little bit. Yeah. Because, yes, Ohio State did have the best resume in the country. But, but still, it's it, you're talking – Big Ten with maybe two, at best, three legitimate conference contenders against an SEC conference that, yes, everyone is sick and tired of hearing about the SEC, but you've got five or six teams that could make a legitimate argument all the way down until probably rivalry weeks and to still be able to throw their name into the hat. 
but is there but is their argument based on their schedule, which we all know the SEC until now when they talked about expansion, schedule soft. They do. And there, there's no way around that. When the week before rivalry week, the kid, um, the defensive end who just committed decommitted from Alabama went to Ohio State. Do you want to know what he said? He said, I'm going to Ohio State because I don't want to play the University of Richmond the week in November. <laughs> yeah. That's a uh, shot at Bama. Yeah, but the problem is is now with Bama, they just hung 40 plus on 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 a top 10 Miami team. It's all and I I I don't either, but it's still it's a it's it's a it's a high ranked opponent right out of the shoot who's going to be field? in it's, it's 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 it I'm pulling up the score here now. It's I actually didn't have it on uh, earlier, and I can't believe that Clemson uh, Georgia game is that close right now either. Right now, it's seven nothing Clemson at the half. Yeah, it's 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 seven nothing uh, Georgia at the time that we're recording this, and they just went to the half. Um, I can't get it loaded up fast enough. It's uh, even if it was neutral field, it's still Alabama and really everybody else, and it's just it's trying to find lightning in a bottle. But the problem is. Trevor Lawrence isn't there anymore. Kirby, uh, uh, um, you know, Georgia is 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 going to get knocked out. But by the time the smoke clears, Florida's going to get knocked out because you know they're missing Kyle Trask. It's you know, so they don't actually have the the signal caller to be able to compete with the Alabamas. Uh, you know, uh, Oklahoma and 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 really anybody else in the Big Twelve, they've got other things on their mind this year and we're going to talk about that here in a little bit it's it's really yeah. it's 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 alabama it's ohio state and pick names out of a hat Basically. in terms of who's going to fill out that field so we go to let's talk about the expansion now because you're not going to go all day about this um yeah so the expansion they're talking eight to 12 teams so i had actually built a mock eight from that year so this was the 27 this is the 2018 season i built this from bama of course was the one seed clemson was the two no i'm sorry clemson was the one and lost to bama in the sugar bowl that year georgia was the two that's the year bama and uh, georgia played for the national championship um, Oklahoma and Baker Mayfield was the three. And of course, Bama was the four. So yes, those four, I, I can't argue with Bama being in that tournament, but I'm, I'm sorry. I can argue with Bama being in that tournament for not winning their conference championship. So if you go back to who won the conferences that year, Clemson won the ACC, Georgia won the SEC, Oklahoma won the big 12, Ohio state won the big 10 and USC won the PAC 12. So those five get in. Your next three are your three at larges. So I took the uh, group of five, the best team, which was Central Florida. I took Bama. And the thing no one remembers is that Ohio State team beat the final remaining undefeated in the country in Wisconsin. So Wisconsin got in. So then you seed them. So the committee should only be doing this. Pick the three at larges and seed them. That's it. When it comes to champion the, to the playoff, your five conference champions get in. Seat them however you want. 
But at that point in time, what I said is make the lower seeds go on the road. No matter how cold it is, how packed would the horseshoe be if Bama had to go to Columbus in December? Agreed. Yeah, I, I, I could definitely – I mean, you know, we actually see how well it works in the NFL – and and that's yeah. basically what college football is turning into is the NFL light anymore. Um, and we'll t- and we'll talk about we'll basically talk about the realignment here in a minute. I would imagine we're going uh, to and, and, we're and, gonna have to do two episodes. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, um, and and then uh, and then you know, uh, with with all of that, we've seen how it works in the NFL. We actually have seen now how it's actually started to work in in things even like women's college basketball where. You basically slot your teams, and then whoever's the highest seed out of that portion of the bracket is going to host those games. So you've got ninety thousand bowl games. You know, it's if 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 you win, if it, they say if you're bowl eligible, if you win six anymore, it's but you've got a hundred and thirty some odd Division One schools. Yeah. Is it really necessary at this point? It's, you know, and they've actually tried to make some of these smaller bowls, like 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 the Peach Bowl, you know, mean something again. It was always the the early bowl that you watched when you were setting up for dinner, you know, with the before the family all arrived on New Year's Day. You know, it's something that you put on and then once the family got there, then everybody got in the kitchen and then started moving chairs around. Let's be honest. And they're actually trying to make something out of it. This and is where I actually think. the Rose Bowl started. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, well, in, well, in, well, in my case, you know, we were basically done cleaning up and then the women were in the, were, were, you know, telling stories at one and the guys were playing poker in the other by the time the Rose Bowl game started. And everybody yeah. left at halftime because the weather sucked by then. You act like I don't but remember. It, yeah, it's <laughs> it's um, <laughs> and then um, it you know, putting these uh, putting these first round games at a neutral site like that, or or if if you're gonna put them if you're gonna make it a neutral site, yeah, use some of these lesser known bowl games. But if you're actually going, if you really wanted to make it mean something a little bit more, yeah, do that. Have them go on, have them actually make it like another home game. Or something yeah. like that, like like you would an make it make it an actual playoff feel, and then go to your neutral sites, you know, for for your championships, you know. It's <laughs> almost me. it's almost like you and I have talked about something like this in our heads before, because that's exactly what I said. I said send the teams on the road because I'll tell you this right now, Nick Saban has not played a game above Mason Dixon in fifteen years. Yeah, I think he. I think he might have been the coach of the Dolphins the last time he played a game above Mason Dixon. The only in- problem, the only thing that I actually would have an issue with at at with this is, and I, I I'm going to sound I'm I'm going to come off a little participation trophy like with this. If you get, let's say, like a Notre Dame, or let's say you get a, a you get a group of five, not a power five, but you get a group of five in there. So like let's a UCF say for a Cincinnati, like like a UCF or a Cincinnati, and they actually fought their tails off 
won their conference and their reward is they have to go to Tuscaloosa or Columbus? Yeah, but the thing is, now think of it this way. We talked about the NFL. Browns had to beat the Steelers the last game of the season last year and then go to Pittsburgh, which is like the house of horrors for the Cleveland Browns. And I think that's what made it that much sweeter, that and Ben Roth yeah. crying. But um, <laughs> <laughs> make the world a better place, punch a squealer fan in the face. I'm sorry. It's, as Clevelanders, that's what we have. It's you know, it's if 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 you've got people in that market, I'm sorry. It's not black and gold, it's black and urine. <clears throat> no, I got one better than that. My aunt sent me a picture of a toilet a few years ago. It was all Ohio State. You open it up, and the Michigan logo is on the inside, and next to it was a, st- a terrible towel to wipe yourself with. But <laughs> <laughs> and yet I love Britt Baker in AEW, so that's the only good yeah. thing to come out of Pittsburgh, you know? <laughs> that and Pat McAfee. Yeah, I'll have give you, you Pat have McAfee. You watched, yeah. Have you watched his stuff? <laughs> yes. Oh my god! <laughs> I can't. I can't. I, I can't. I. I love. I love Pat McAfee. I'm sorry. I'm an Adam Cole Bay Bay fan. Okay. I. I know. I know it was. I know it was all plotted. But I'm a Chugs McMuffin fan. Okay. <laughs> did you see the clip when they did the draft and the Packers drafted Jordan Love? That one I did not, but my personal favorite was when he actually announced the pick a few years ago and said, you people don't know who I am because we did not punt very often against the Tennessee Titans. That was a WWE promo. (laughs) And he hadn't even signed his contract with them yet. I know. I know. I'm sending you that video, by the way. The one dude who's from, he's a buddy of Pat's from when he was a kid. He's such a big Packer fan. He bought a share of the team. He's impersonating Mel Kuyper, and they drafted Jordan Love. He got up and left. <laughs> I mean, and the hilarity that ensues after that is just off the charts. I will send it to you when we're done. Absolutely. So, so we both agree expansion should have happened years ago. We both agree you should win a conference championship now to get a high seed. What do you think teams have to do to be one of those at large bids? Because it sounds like they're gonna the, the group of five is gonna get their best team in. So a Cincinnati, a UCF, uh somebody like that. Um, I will say this they cannot start the new playoff till after the Army Navy game. That should still be a standalone, its own thing. Absolutely. Yep. That needs to stay. So if it goes, let's say it goes to eight, for those other two at larges, do you need resume? Are we talking strength of schedule? Um, Are we talking it's the team that blew the most teams out? If you're sitting in that room, what are you going to make your criteria to put that team in the playoff? I'm going to tell you the first thing I'm going to do right now is that is is all of these teams, it's going to be quality wins. And what I mean by that is I'm not going to – the um, like, you know, Florida, me being a Gator fan right now – playing, you know, somebody to fill up a schedule, that comes completely off the books. These cupcake Ohio State scheduling like Akron or or Toledo or or Youngstown State, you know, these 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 fluff tune up pickup games 
are basically thrown out the window. It's your strength of schedule against your against your legitimate conference contenders. It's your conference play. It's who you schedule. Start scheduling quality out-of-conference opponents. I understand that some of these other schools need their paydays, but when it actually comes down to it, if if that actually if that's going to be the one extra win to get you in, no thank you. It's again, it's like you and I are the same wavelength. So I don't know if you saw this because again, I know it's not they're not your forte. They've got a home and home with Alabama coming up in the next few years. Next year starts the yep. home and home, I believe, with Texas. That I did see, yes. Yep. So and I think next year starts with Texas. And then after that home and home, it's a home and home with Notre Dame. So teams in the north, and I'm saying I'm not just saying Ohio State, teams in the north, they want to schedule these games. And they really do, if you think about it. I mean, uh look. They're not in the north, but now they know they have to schedule it. Dabo scheduled Georgia. You have Ohio State scheduled bringing Oregon over. You have teams like years ago, Michigan State went out to Oregon when uh, Mariota, the year Mariota won the Heisman. Yeah, but let's also remember for one second that even going back to, uh, I can't remember who it was before Herb. Um, Fickle. Fickle, uh, fickle, and even maybe, uh, maybe even Trestle. before him. Remember, didn't it? Yeah, didn't Trestle also schedule like, like your, uh, like some, uh, some Pac-12 games with like they Washington and Oregon? Didn't he do that? And then yeah, they got away did. from that for a while. They didn't so much get away from it as. Let me see. When Trestle was there, the last few years, you're talking. They had a home and home with Miami. They had a home and home with Texas. The, it was the they had a home and home with USC too uh, during Trestle's run because I remember I was at a Buffalo Wild Wings here where I live and I remember Laura Knight is standing up Reggie Bush in the hole going into the end zone I thought it was the greatest thing ever um, so they would schedule those games obviously Fickle was the one year that I they played Cal. Cal came in and they beat Cal. And then the next year it was Kenny Guyton who threw the 90 yard touchdown to Devin Smith at Cal in Urban's first year. But again, it's Cal. Yeah, I understand it's Cal. (laughs) But now it's it it wasn't Oregon, it wasn't USC, it wasn't UCLA, it wasn't Washington, it was Cal. It was Cal. And then they've opened with Oregon State a couple of times. Um, you know, they had the home and home with, with Virginia Tech which Blacksburg is not an easy place to play. It, it's been six years since. Tell, tell, tell North Carolina that after the other night. I know it's been six years since Braxton Miller's B button in Madden. Since that spin move. It, and I have not played a Madden game in probably 15 years because it's so analytical and technical anymore. It turns me off. It's garbage. Uh, the only game I play on the Xbox right now is the show. It's you know I don't even I don't even play I I just started I'm Google everything so I'm like I'm on Stadia I won't even touch Madden and it's I won't even uh, I'm I'm actually waiting for them to be able to get the okay to be able to put NHL 22 on it nice. coming up for this year. Nice. I, yeah. I, hey, I want to I, I, I be able to play as my Blues, my Sabres, my Islanders, and throw in some Seattle Kraken while we're in it, you know? Nice. Yeah, no, um, the day I found out that Xbox got the rights to put the show on the Xbox, I ordered it. I hear that they're, uh, because of also part of the NIL agreement, they could be remaking a college football game. It's not even could be. 
next year, the EA NCAA will be out. I have NCAA 14 for the PlayStation 3. You know, here's what's funny. We we talk about all this NIL and, and with everything going on with it. Keep in mind that if you go back with those old games, how many of us sat back and took our favorite team or even just set aside an entire like week or couple of weeks and went down the rosters and started filling out names and then heard Brad Nestler actually saying them in the game? I got news for you. I put my own name in there and do the run for the Heisman. Yeah, but let's also be honest. This Martinez is a fairly common name. If I'm putting Rex Grossman, that's not a common name in there, and I'm actually hearing Rex Grossman dropping back for my Gators at that point, you had to know something else was up. Yeah, no, I agree. So there are two more things I want to hit with you tonight because we are already into 40 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we're going to need to do this again very soon. Uh. Next week, I do because it, it, this is how much I get into it in football season, even though I'm not the biggest football guy. I still got to get into the Mets, um, who their winning streak got snapped a few minutes ago. Um, but I do a Buckeye preview every Saturday, and I couldn't do it this week because we had stuff with the baby going on. And I'll do it before Saturday because his baptism is this Saturday. Um, oh, congratulations! Thank you. Um, but every Sunday morning, I'm here and I'm previewing the Browns games. And I'm going to show you this. I did their schedule. I signed it. I got them at 12 and 5. You're low. Are you serious? I got them 14 and 3. You know what the funny thing is? I thought about that, but there's two trap games I don't like. Um, And that was at New England. And I think they're going to split with Baltimore and Pittsburgh home and home. No, I, I, I don't at all. And so I, I take that that this is our transition now. This is our transition because the other night I did a um, – with Willie Epting Jr. on the Shakeback Media Group, I did a football preview. It was myself, two ladies who are in sports radio in Cleveland, which was awesome, uh, and then people from around the league. One, uh, the one woman, her name was Ruth. She actually writes for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Another guy runs a sports network on the West Coast. Do you know four of us? pick the Browns to go to the big one. Did, uh, and, uh, the guy from, and the guy from the West coast was the fourth. Nezzy. It's a, and, 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 and ladies and gentlemen, I've actually been calling him that for 25 years. Uh, Nezzy. Um, it, it, that's if I, I got to say this, if they're not there this year, it's next guaranteed. Cause I, I will say this, the, uh, and, and we're on the eve this coming Thursday starts the whole thing going. And uh, I will say this, the only team in the AFC that I don't, that that I think stands in the Browns way. Take take a guess who you think I, uh, who I, who you think I think it is. Yes. You were going to say Buffalo Buffalo Bills. I'm not, I, I, I do not think the Kansas city chiefs, I'm sorry, to get there three years in a row, especially now as stacked as the AFC is, I think the Buffalo Bills, had they not taken their foot off the gas, would have not only won that game, but broke their Super Bowl drought because they would have handed Tom Brady his ass. I got news for you, and I will will swear this to the day I die. 
if the refs don't blow that call with the helmet to helmet that caused that turnover in the end zone. Yes. We are looking at a Cleveland Browns Buffalo Bills AFC Championship game and not for nothing. Kevin Stefanski would have run the ball down Buffalo's throat. And yes. They would have It would have been a, regard, regardless of of which way it would have gone out whether we're talking you know Browns Bucks or Bills Bucks at that point. Browns Buck uh, Browns Bills would have been a hell of a game. It would have been it the been. game of the year. By the way, I have and I, tell you, and I tell you this much, it would have turned out to a hell of a lot better Super Bowl than the crap that we actually ended up having to shove a spoon fed to us in February. Yeah, but yeah, but let's let's digress for one thing. If any of us would have remembered that they lost half their offensive line in the championship game, I think we would have known what was coming. Yeah. Because I was on with a Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast the night before the Super Bowl with a former Tampa Bay Buccaneer. And I had, and somebody had mentioned to me, because I picked Kansas City to win. And they had said, you know, their offensive line is hurt. I said, yeah, I'm changing my pick. Because, listen, as good as Patrick Mahomes is, we learned in the Freddie Kitchens era, you can have everything you want on the outside. If those five dudes in the front can't protect your quarterback, your quarterback's not going to be any good. He scrambled for 500 yards. Think about that. He put up more offense scrambling than both teams combined in that game. That is very, very true. The The reason why I, I say that your 12-5 and five prediction is low is keep this in mind. The Browns out of camp cut to Daryl Hodge who was one of their biggest fill-ins after the COVID strike hit and, and, and Odell got hurt last year. And he's going to make, he's going to immediately jump onto somebody else's roster as no worse than a third option, if not a second. I That's would like how to deep him. this franchise is. Yeah, they, kept is 10, they kept 10 offensive linemen. Because out of camp, think of this because you still have the best offensive line in football, and it's not even close. If your quarterback stays upright with all the weapons that they have as deep as they are, the one player from the Browns to watch out for, and he just came out of camp and he just made the team as a sixth round pick, Dimitrik Felton out of UC or UCLA. Look. I will say this, and I have not been as up on this because we've had stuff going on with the ba- with you know we had the baby in April, so I have been obviously distracted, and that's far more important than my fun with this. But I will say this: when Baker said Demetric Felton was a huge piece of that offense, I went, "Oh, Stefanski's got him some weapons." It's this. This is back to back years in the sixth rounds. Last year it was DPJ Donovan Peoples Jones. Now you got Felton this year. They're carrying. They decided to keep this kid. Even after having Beckham, Landry, Peoples Jones, Hollywood Higgins as their as basically their their top four receivers, and this kid can play either. Here's here's how good this kid was: is that you've got Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, and also uh, one of the best fullbacks in the game, and Andy Janovich, and you decided even still to not only keep Dearness Johnson but add a fourth receiver, meaning that you're going a little bit thinner in the secondary. Because it and, and that's actually and this is perfect, is because by keeping 
this much talent on offense and maybe going a little thinner if you go to a 4-2-5. They've got five safeties. They've got five cornerbacks, which is not a lot, let's be honest here. You've got 10 defensive backs, but if the offense is running six, seven, eight-minute drives because everyone is still upright and you're able to plug guys in provided Baker doesn't actually end up like blowing out an ACL in the first two or three weeks. And I can't believe I just said that and putting that out into the world. It's it, this. There's no limit as to where this team can go is because the defense is going to get all the rest that they want because of the fact that the offense is going to be chewing up so much yardage and clock, it's going to be insane. You know what they're going to remind me of? Remember when the Minnesota Vikings had their 15 and one year and were Randall basically Cunningham, just Randy chewing? Box, Vince Carter, Vince, uh, not Vince Carter, Chris Carter. <laughs> yeah, it's because and, and it was and it was the fact that the, it was the fact that they could score at will, but it's also the fact that they were so talented and deep on the offensive line with all of those skill players that they knew that they could do whatever they wanted with the ball any time they wanted. You want to run me down for a 10-minute drive, you're going to get a 10-minute drive. You want a 75-yard bomb on the second play from scrimmage, you're going to get a 75-yard bomb on the second play from scrimmage. I agree. And listen, you are talking about now, remember, when I'm talking about the night I went to Ohio State and did the show there, that was the night after Baker beat the Jets. <laughs> Our now, savior, was, and you know me, I'm not a I religious was, man. For me to say that is something. I am – now, you knew me when I was more of a Jet fan than Browns fan. But, By the way, Bud Light, I'm still I, I'm still waiting for my free beer from that night. Oh, no, no. The the things were unlocked. I, I, understand, I, under, I understand that, but I actually I, – I couldn't get anywhere near a bar to get my free beer, dilly dilly. <laughs> I was at my sister's, and – because I, I drove out on Thursday because we were leaving for Columbus on Friday, game on Saturday. I went home Sunday. So I drove out on Thursday. I go to my sister's for that game. And I've never experienced this watching from home outside of something that happened 20 years ago when Piazza hit the home run. You could feel the electricity come through the TV. Uh -huh. When Baker came on the field after Tyrod got hurt, you could feel the electricity come through the TV. And for all the haters that are on TV, it makes me laugh when guys like Mike Greenberg, who is a Jet fan and has never seen a good quarterback since Joe Namath. Well, no, Chad was good. Um, I mean, he did see a quarterback run up his own offensive lineman's ass. So, you know, he's got that. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, he does. Listen, I love him. Mark Sanchez is the perfect example of how Baker Mayfield could have ended up if this team didn't build around him as opposed to tear it down around him. You know, I think part of the reason why the energy was that night is because they knew that the, all the different factors, and I can't believe we're going back four years to think about this. He was the number one pick. He couldn't get on the field because, because the coaching staff – was, was absolutely incompetent. Hugh Jackson was coaching for his job, did not want to put the number one pick on the field when you hadn't won a game in 630-plus days. 
Mm. What is that? That's all you needed to know right there. And that's why, and that's why, even though you're living in New York, you celebrate January 31st, just like the rest of us. One and 31. It's Hugh Jackson Day. I agree. And I I laugh about it. So most of us who picked the Browns to go to the Super Bowl had them playing against Tampa Bay. I will say this to you, and then we're going to wrap up for tonight, and in a couple weeks we'll come back and revisit all this. Um, You got it. they, They asked me who I thought was going to win, and I said these words. In February, we will see what happens normally in November when a guy who went to Michigan can't beat a team from Ohio. (laughs) <laughs> you you want to know what's funny as much as i hate pittsburgh as we all do i had to agree and it 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 aggravated my acid reflux like no tomorrow right before dinner to listen to andrew filipponi the, the pittsburgh uh, uh drive guy shell on yeah yeah on on cbs national saying Pretty much the only reason that Jim Harbaugh still has his job is because he doesn't have that loss to a non-Power 5 team. Is that really where we've come to anymore? But it's it's still it's it but getting back getting back to the Browns, it's I, I I've you know, we got tickets, we're going to the home opener, we got we're fully vaxxed and everything. Uh, you know, we're gonna be in a, we're gonna be in a suite. I'm not trying to shill or anything like that. So at least this way, I can enjoy my first Browns game in a couple of years. I was there when, um, you know, I was there a co- two years ago on the Sunday night game where they wouldn't give the ball to Nick Chubb at the five yard line against the Rams. And you know me, diehard Rams fan as well. My father almost threatened to leave me there, even though I drove that night because I had my Rams shirt underneath my Browns jersey. Uh, in a <laughs> in a suite, nonetheless, I was there two. I was there three years ago, where uh, they they beat Baltimore with two seconds left, where the ball where the ball had orange paint on it, going over the uh, going over the the upright on the field goal. Yep. Uh, it's you know they're going to hang forty against the Texans defense in week two. It people saying. You know, panic whether or not if if they lose this game to Kansas City, it's let it be respectable. Even if you're blown out, it's fine. It's let's because let's face it, the Pittsburgh Steelers, your typical rival, are running out there a 39 year old Ben Roethlisberger who cannot throw the ball more than 25 yards down the field with no offensive line and the worst running game in football, and that's supposed to be your rival. I said it the day that he said that he restructured his deal. Ben Roethlisberger, even though he's got two Super Bowls and he's a future Hall of Famer, is now the fourth best quarterback in that division. I say even Joe Burrow coming off an ACL is better for the Bengals than Ben Roethlisberger is for the Steelers. Lamar Jackson cannot get out of his own way. And especially now losing J.K. Dobbins, this is where I think, yes, the Browns do split against the Ravens. They sweep the Steelers. They sweep the Bengals. And and at that point, take your two losses anywhere else you want. I have them beating Kansas City in week one. I do, too. I do, too. Because what no one's talking about is like, oh, they got all this in front of Mahomes. They didn't upgrade the defense. No. And the Browns are healthy. So now you can't stick your number one corner and have 
Honey Badger over the top of Jarvis. You have to have him over the top of Odell. And we know Odell can outrun both of those dudes. And here's also the thing. Odell Beckham Jr. is coming back from a torn ACL in eight months, and he's faster than when he was before. Donovan Peoples-Jones is faster than OBJ and put on 20 pounds of muscle in the offseason. He's still undersized. He's still going to run by any cornerback in the league. You cannot cover all three of them at once. And if you do, who's going to put a body on Austin Hooper? Who's going to put a body on Hollywood Higgins? And then you're not going to have enough bodies in the box for Felton, Chubb, Hunt, uh, uh, Janovich, whoever. Or even Baker if he actually decides to get cute. Just don't be like Lamar and actually, you know, put your knee out there. I, I and that's and I, that's why and that's why that's that's why the Baltimore Ravens also this year don't impress me. And this is how the this is how big the J.K. Dobbins injury is for them is because now you're going to see defenses putting seven eight guys in the box to be able to try and contain him. Because if you force Lamar Jackson to try and beat you with his arm, you're going to win all day as opposed to beating him with his legs. Exactly. Now, here's where the game of the year last year, obviously, was that Browns Ravens Monday night game, which was awesome. Which half the which which half the city of Cleveland shut off at halftime, and then actually were like, "Oh crap, I've got to turn this back on." I watched every snap. Every snap. half of us were half of us were asleep. I was guilty. <laughs> Dude, I watched every snap, and here's why I watched every snap. Um. If the Browns would have had the talent in the secondary and the linebacking core that they now have, do you know how big of a steal JOK was in round two? Do you even understand how you know, huge you know a steal he was? I can't. I wanted Ojalari out of Texas with that with that second first round pick this year when he didn't go off. The, when oh, I'm sorry, with that uh, where they ended up taking Newsom when they didn't get him, and then I was actually driving. To my grandmother's that morning, and I actually heard that they had picked up JOK. I literally pulled off to the side of the road and called my dad. And I said, Andrew Barry needs a statue downtown by the end of this season. Yeah. And that's yeah. and that's the and that's the Browns general manager for any of you out there who, yeah, who don't follow been... this team. And that's your fault. Yeah. <laughs> As Jim Rome said, they are America's team. Um, your or 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 as our buddy uh, Mr. Aaron Seacrest Pants Pantsley himself said, uh, uh, "Your Cleveland America Browns, not Cleveland Ohio, <laughs> Cleveland America." America. Okay, speaking of pants, I'll hit this real quick, and then we'll we'll call it a night. Um, what do you think of the new name? I have, you know, I honestly have zero problem with it i really don't because i think it was time for the change and i was going to do a blog about this when it happened but i'm i'm kind of in that mode where anyone who goes to the blog will see that there's a bunch of teams that i haven't covered yet and the only two sports franchises that i've actually done multiple entries on were the toronto raptors and my st louis blues um i i you know, naturally, I had to do something the night after the Blues won the Cup uh, in 2019. I didn't actually want to give the Indians that kind of 
right up here because it was going to be something that I could have rambled on and on for. And I know people, when they write, when they read blogs, they don't actually want to read War and Peace. But I have no problem with the name. I think it actually needed to be done. And here's, to, here's where they got it right is because they had this done from the minute that they actually announced in January that they were going to change the name to the time that they actually had it done with logos and everything. The Washington football team is still two years in and haven't even decided on a name yet. And we're thinking of leaving it the same way. I'm sorry. It's it it it, it reeks of soccer, which yeah, we're not. We'll, we'll cover that next time. It's because that's that's a whole can of worms. We don't want to open up. But honestly, if if you get Tom Hanks to you know, to 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 oh. narrate anything, I'm I'm sold. I you could you could have named them. You could have named them the Spiders, which a lot of people were were thinking of. Which I actually would have liked. You know, maybe have some legs coming out of the corners of the block C. I like the new block C with the Guardians. I think it's a simple fix because you just got to change a couple of letters on the, on the name. It's a I don't like the winged C logo, uh, uh, the 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 G logo. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the god awful Anaheim Angels logo with the wing on the A from the Jim Edmonds era when they were navy blue. I don't like that, but I like the block C so much more. Do you want me to show you something you won't be able to unsee? That's what the back. You do realize we're all going to be going to. We're, we're going to be all going to. That's what the back of the sheet looks like. You want you 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 want me to tell you something you're not going to be able to unhear? What? You know how they actually call our arena downtown Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse? Our afternoon drive guy here in Cleveland, Alan Cox on WMMS, has actually kind of quote unquote named the arena Romo Fijo. Which I like. They're already starting to think of calling the baseball field the G spot. That's amazing. <laughs> now I will say this: I like the name change. I think they should have went with Pants's logo. Absolutely, absolutely. That's, that's it's because uh, remember, because if you remember, Pants originally pitched that for the Browns in 2018. Yeah. I like the buzzards one he did too to honor MMS. I mean, that was your guy's thing growing up. Too. Yeah, yeah, ab yeah, absolutely. It's you know, I still listen to MMS. It's I grew up on MMS. It's we all grew up on MMS at some point, even if it's now like you know, they've got Rover uh, in the morning and then Alan Cox in the afternoon, and they're only playing music between like you know, 11 and uh, 11 and 2, and then after 7, you know, and and you know, they're playing Indians games and Cavs games, since we'll probably talk Cavs the next time here, mm -hmm. especially with all the moves that they've made and everything. We'll probably talk a little hockey the next time as well uh, here. But it's, um, you know, we all grew up on MMS, but I don't think that there's ever a way that they would have able uh, – you, you not only would have had to go through the station, you would have also had to go through iHeartMedia, and I don't think that that actually would have – you know, would have flown, you know, is at least going with the buzzard logo and the likeness. I like the idea. I don't think it would have, and I hate to use the, the, the pun here. I don't think it would have flown very well with that. It would have, you know, the guardians just was, it was the right call to make. It was, it really was. So I'm going to tell you, speaking of Cleveland radio, I'm going to tell you one last tidbit and then I'm going to get where the blog is, can be found and we're going to sign off. So my son, the baby, his name is Robert Edward Martinez. His initials are R-E-M. 
Do you remember when they changed 107.9 from the rock station to the rap station? <laughs> they played that song and locked the door. <laughs> do you remember that? You want to tell the story? You want to tell the story, or should I? I'll do it. Um, now, oh, correct me if I'm wrong, but they got the they got the um, the kill date of 107.9 the end which was the alternative rock station in Cleveland in the 90s. Um, and on the way out the door, who was the DJ that everybody absolutely loved from there? I don't remember. But it was him. He put REMs. It, was, it, was, it wasn't Slats, was it? It might have been Slats. Because I know Slats also did time at MMS and is now working mornings at 98.5, but I don't remember if he did 107.9. We, we can look this up and, and like, you know, we'll, add on we'll to it later. later. So Slats or whoever it was put the song It's the End of the World as We Know It by R.E.M. on repeat. And did he break the key off in the lock to the... Uh, he did. <laughs> to, he did. To the DJ booth. <laughs> it was... was it, they days? were doing... The station was doing a format change and they decided... And they were changing their name. I think it went from, like the hip hop station or something to the alternative rock station. So they put this okay. song on, on repeat for 24 straight hours. And, and, and I, I'm one, I can't even remember if there were even commercial breaks with that. It's, you know, it's, um, and, and stations have done this before, but they also put in, they put in commercial breaks and I'll actually, well, I'll, I'll, is... I'll tell a, I'll, I'll tell a story about my blues here. Very quick one here in a second. But he breaks the key off in the lock, according to legend, and has the, has the song on run for 24 straight hours until the format switch hits the following morning. And then, and then, and then 107.9 is like the station that everybody decides to listen to, you know, for years. And then, and then as we all know, the 90, you know, uh, 90s radio turned to crap. Well, it was longer than that because the the um, the format change from the alternative station to the rap station or rap hip hop station was the month was the day after Labor Day. He did it on Friday. That's right because I only remember it because we were still in junior high where we could still get bussed home, and all of the bus drivers had radios in there and they were playing it. We were all trying to figure out what the f was going on. Exactly, and you can so, bleep that out if you have to. No, you're. I don't edit, believe it or not. <laughs> it's because I, I said other. I said other stations have done this. When my when my St. Louis Blues won the Stanley Cup in 2019, and I don't know if the video of this is going to come up. I actually spent more money on Blues Championship merchandise than when our hometown Cavs won in 2016. It's really? the Blues. Yeah, it's. Uh, I I probably dropped. I'm not going to actually mention the amount because of some of the other people that might be listening to this later on. It's uh, um, but it's uh, it was, it was definitely in the three figure range, and it was um, they actually, everyone remembers when they were playing Gloria all through it, Laura Brand against Gloria. Well, KMOX, which is actually the news station in St. Louis, was broadcasting blues games, um 
decided the following morning that they were going to put 24 hours of Gloria on, but they still had their commercial breaks. They still had their news breaks. 107.9, when they made the change, it was 24 hours straight because they couldn't get into the studio to activate the commercials. Again, according to legend. It wasn't even legend. I remember turning that on four or five times that weekend because we had heard it on like someone instead they were going to do it. And they, uh, they did it and it was just hilarious. So you remember, you you remember, you remember the Monday that we, after that happened when we all actually, I'm sorry, the Tuesday uh, that, um, because they even still ran it through Labor Day because the change was actually going to take effect either like that Monday, the Labor Day or the next day. And everyone was actually up first thing in the morning because everyone was exhausted going back to school the next day because we all had to figure out what was going to be the first song that they were going to play at 6 a.m. when they finally got control of the station and went live. Well, it wasn't even, it wasn't where in junior high, that's when you and I were in college because you came run because you got, um, Frank came running into the computer lab to let us know they did. My brother, Frank. Yeah. And you and I were like, get out of here. Come on. And we went home Friday and all that weekend it played. <laughs> so let me, let me ask you this. Where can we find your amazing sports blog, which we will get into your Mets story next time? Uh, you can find me online at jcbluenote24.blogspot.com. It's been active about five years. I'm Google everything. I'm doing this on a Chromebook right now. Uh, it's it's actually run through Google's blog uh, system. It's all the graphics are my own. It's uh, I you know try to avoid um, you know using authentic team logos and everything because I don't trust you and I know first off with with licensing and everything. It's a, you know I'll actually go. There will be certain periods why I might go a couple of weeks, couple of months. I remember last year with the pandemic, I took a nine month break just because I was just burned out and also working 80 hours a week. But it's jcbluenote24.blogspot.com. Uh, if you hate the St. Louis blues, stay away from it because the pot, because the entire blog is littered in blues colors. Deal with it. <laughs> and as always, everyone, Big Reek can be found here on YouTube. Also on uh, Facebook, Big Reek and on sports, on Twitter, at Big Reek and on sport. And of course, Google, Anchor, Breaker, Spotify, Pocket Cast Radio Public, and ask Alexa to play Big Recon on Sports. Jim, give me a couple weeks. I got to get through a few things, and we will come back on. And we right before the baseball playoffs, we'll get going again. But old friend, it was good to see you. I am so glad we got this to work, and this is this was fun. This was a lot of fun. Nezzy, this is not going to take twenty years to be able to try and set up. Let's actually let's let's make this let's make this a monthly thing if we can, if not sooner than that. It's yeah, it's a we've been we've been this is way 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 overdue. We did we've just done an hour and ten minutes. We could probably do two or three more, but we've all got to get to bed Amen. before too long. I know I know you've got the kid, yeah, uh, you know, and everything, and 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 your your wonderful wife. Uh, and, and, you know, I've actually, I'm, I'm, it's not quite twilight, but I still have tonight's Hallmark movie to wa- uh, to end up watching uh, tomorrow morning. Yes. My grandmother got me hooked on the Hallmark channel. It was one of our That's things awesome. before she passed away. And it's, That's uh, and then I got to get ready for the AEW all out pay-per-view tomorrow night. Cause I'm definitely not missing CM Punk's return. Nice. Well, listen, you take care of yourself. Enjoy the pay-per-view and I'll talk to you in a few weeks. Love you, Nezzy. We'll talk soon. Take care, man. See ya.